Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. What would I tell you? I wonder. Perhaps I would just warn you. The following episode contains spoilers. I don't want to bolster or overstate the matter, but this may very well be the most sensitive asset ever to be housed in this facility. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And um, my name is Rob McFarlane. How are we doing today? I am knackered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really sleepy. How are you? Yeah. Uh, I have had, I've clearly angered a witch. Um, I've had a, a really shit 2022, and this week was a was just another kick in the cunt where the... Um, the job that I uh, I got myself to sort of pick myself back up from scratch, you know, build yeah. from scratch, drop my pride, yeah, you know, retrain. Um, mm-hmm. The manager just decided to say that they didn't need me anymore, and that, that was my last shift. So um, first one, in, first them. in, last out. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what? Do you um, know what? I, I this is going to make me sound heartless because a clearly it wasn't the right place. You now have a valuable lesson of mm-hmm. get a fucking contract in your hands. B you don't want to be working that job. No. The job, the job was soulless. Yeah, it yeah. was it for was, wanky yeah, yeah. wankies. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Fine, fine, fine. So, uh, that's how I'm doing. Now, for listeners who may just be joining us, this is a weird spot to join because this is the last episode of our October Midweek Monster Mash uh, Universal Monster Pictures and their remakes uh, patent pending titles. You've changed this title so many times. It's just the... October fucking monster movie marathon. There you go. We've been doing Universal Monsters and their remakes. Except for this time round, we can't do that. <laughs> because Creature of the Black Lagoon, our last episode, go and listen to it, does not have a fucking remake. Why? Because Universal keep refusing them. They refused this one, which was Guillermo del Toro. He wrote this script, uh, had it for years, pitched Universal. Mm-hmm. And they said no, which is bold because Ben and I spoke briefly before this episode started. And I think this might be the best film we've covered on the podcast for months. It is... Since JP3. Since... Oh, really? JP3? Is that (laughs) Attack of the Flying Lizard reference that you were... I'd put this up there with Jurassic Park. Very different film. mm. Jurassic Park is a light, enjoyable, uh, blockbuster... Piece of Jurassic entertainment. Park is forever going to be like a nostalgia blast. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always going to be fun. It's always it's always Jurassic Park, man. You can't ever yeah. say no. If Jurassic Park's on, you never turn it off. Oh god, no, 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 no. You want to see that jelly wibble? They left yeah, us. But they I- left us. <laughs> 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 this is a very different film. Jelly wibble. Yeah, when she's the holding the a wibble. It's when she's holding it, she's got the jelly on the spoon. A wobble? No, because it's too small for a wobble. Wobbles like wobble, 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 wobble. It's like wibbles, like yeah. I get you. Kind of onomatopoeia. A little, a little wibble. A wibble, yeah. A little wibble. Yeah, yeah. You give a head a wobble, but a dick a wibble. Okay, you know, I can get behind that exactly. 
Yeah, yeah. Shape of Water. All right. Uh, Shape of Water, I would say, is better than Jurassic Park. Oof. Is the point I was trying to it's, make. It's a very different... It's trying to do a very different thing. Hear me out now. Hear me out now. In... Hear me now. 20, in 25 years' yeah. time, the nostalgia blast that you're going to get from this, me and you are going to get from this... Yeah. ...will be equal to, if not greater than that, of Jurassic Park. Maybe I would argue that uh, no one's fucking seen this film, Ben. It won Oscars and no, no one's, one's fucking seen, seen, seen this film. Yeah, no one's seen the film. And it's a shame because this film relates to everything and nothing and envelops everyone <laughs> and speaks to no one, but also everyone. It's yeah. just fucking, it's everywhere. So I did I did with this film what I did with Mary Shelley's. I'd seen it years ago. I'd seen it when it came out. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. a fucking, that slaps. That's the one we'll do as a remake. And then we watched that slap. Yeah, yeah, mate. Absolute face melter, right? <laughs> Man was gurning at the cinema, That's what trying I'm to eat his own head, so. bruv. Right? So you can you can't be dropping words like wibble, and then yeah, man, it slaps that wibble. Yeah, are you mate. saying yeah, are you mate. saying that you are socially not accepting me because of my uniqueness? After having seen The Shape of I Water. I say uniqueness. I say I'm not accepting you for your being down with the. Can kidness. you stop derailing me and I make make my point? <laughs> make your point make it come on my worry was you'd seen Mary Shelley's I'd seen Mary Shelley's it was just various bits of stuff that they'd pulled out of the bin behind the hospital stitched together into a film Kenneth Branagh wanking for two hours at you as a viewer yeah aggressively with this film I then got very worried because I was like fuck I've not seen Shape of Water for years I think mm-hmm. it might be. I think it might. I think it might ruin Creature in the same way that I ruined Frankenstein for him. You made Frankenstein look way better with Mary Shelley's for a start. <laughs> okay, so good. I was. I was looking forward to this one because I was like, if he does to Creature what he did to Frankenstein, Creature is yeah. probably going to be my favorite film yeah. again. Okay, good. Rather good. Than the yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> as a first-time viewer, what were you expecting before you saw this film? Because you knew the premise, right? Woman falls in love with a fish. I right. I thought it was going to be a Creature from the Black Lagoon-esque. I thought it was going right. to be the Gilman or like Guillermo del Toro's... Mate, who does all the fish characters. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be his version mm-hmm. of Gilman with his version of K. Yeah, yeah. And then what would happen if he did get caught or what would happen after Creature of the Black yeah. Lagoon? That's where I thought the movie was going to go. I thought cool. it was going to be like goofy creature feature, a little bit magical because, you know, del Toro always is. Mm. And like sort of a, a weird, yeah, bestiality esque romance. Fine, like a, a bit quirky, of, bit Tim Burton. You know like, I mean? oh, it's funny. Yeah. Oh, they're in love, but he's a fish. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be very traditional. Okay, so for those of you that haven't seen this film, which I imagine is is a good percentage of you, or saw it years ago, we don't do this very often. We just do this for the ones that we care about. Pause this fucking podcast. It's not going anywhere. It's not live on radio. Please do go watch the film. It's available online. Go watch it. It's incredible. We're going to be spoiling this very thoroughly, and it's not going to have the same impact. Well, it will. It will. We are, no, it won't. It won't. It won't. I went into this not knowing what to yeah. expect. I went into it thinking it was going to be like something yeah, yeah. creature from the Black Lagoon-esque. I literally text you immediately after I finished watching it being like, Rob, what the fuck has <laughs> just happened? I don't know what's going on right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And then I went into detail. So before we go into detail... Pour, hit the pause mm-hmm. button and go and watch the film. It's not long. Please, please fucking go and do it. It goes goes by really quickly. It's just, it's so worth the experience. Yeah. It's so, I, coming from me, it is fucking worth it. Yeah. Okay. 
We're back. Good. We're back. Welcome back, everyone. Enjoyed Welcome the film, right? It was great. Thank you for pausing and watching the film. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed it. We know you did. Now, listen. For me, this is an incredible <laughs> film about subcultures and minorities and their fight, not for equality. Yeah. The fight that okay. comes before that, the fight to even be seen and accepted as people in the first place. And I think it's no accident that on the TV, they've got the civil rights fights on the television in the news prominently black character a prominently gay character prominently jewish character all trying to coexist in 50s america and the antagonist Mm -hmm. is a sort of icon of perfect 50s manhood he's got the wife he's got the two kids he's got the cadillac he's a high performing military man success based dude and it's set during the cold war in the area of McCarthyism with the fear of the enemy within. It's all uh, sort of sin and social um, letdowns. And then here comes this thing that they're not ready to accept is capable of thought. It's it's dehumanizing. They dehumanize this new subculture. And it Mm tets up to the other subcultures, the black people, the gay people, the Jewish people, the disabled people, to recognize this new form of personhood for what it is beautiful and powerful and capable of great feeling great art i think it's incredibly well done i think there is such an air like an air of institutionalization with the you know people are coming up to work and they're clocking in and people are queuing and they're worried if they're seconds late all the lunches are in little fuck it they're in one of those 50s walls where you just put your change in and it opens up there's, um, you know, that she she masturbates at the same time every day in the same place for the same period of time. Everything's to a routine, and it's not, mm-hmm. it's not malice or hatred that they're up against. It's routine, tradition, and a system that's built to serve itself. Monotony. Monotony. It doesn't want yeah. new. It doesn't want different. It doesn't want to have something. It doesn't want free agency. No. It doesn't want any no, no, sort no. of expressionism. It is, you are great. Yep. You have your role. You do your thing. Stick and then once you parameters. get there, buy a new car. Even Michael, Michael Shannon, who plays Strickland, the antagonist, you know, he's got all that. And he hmm. goes he goes home and he's yeah, clearly yeah. not happy. And he's like, I think I need a new car. Because that's, that's what he sees as the way to fulfillment success. and success. He's got a new house. He's got the wife. Yeah. He's got the kids. He's got the white picket fence. He's got the Cadillac. And he's still not happy. He's got the Trilby. Of course not. He's got the overbearing boss, which is mm-hmm. literally like sort this fucking mess out. Or you are gone. Immediately. Or you're fucked. He's like, you are unmade. You are unborn yeah. and you are undone. And I think there's this fantastic, there's this fantastic thing with him where like he's got, he has a scene where he has this, just the most awkward sex with his wife and she keeps trying to talk and he's like, no, 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 it's sexy when you're silent. You know, he talks, he talks. I have comments on this. <laughs> okay, what's the, com- what's the comments, comments on this? this? So with this moment in particular there is a weird mm. relationship forming between strickland and eliza eliza being the the woman who falls in love with our fishy friend yeah with gilman she's yeah. a mute um she's a mute he finds that at first intriguing and then he sort of then sees himself as almost charitable mm. or being like a big enough person to overlook them and still offer to fuck her. Yeah, 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 yeah. He finds it sexy. And it's this weird... He objectifies her disability. Fetishism. Yeah. Yeah, it's this fetishism that comes into play mm. where it's his inflection of her, it's his idea yeah. of her, because he doesn't understand the the language no. she, that she speaks. No. She doesn't understand... He doesn't understand sign language. He doesn't care about any of that. No. He is just got 
he's got this silent woman, mm -hmm. one thing on his brain. It's this weird fetish that he then sort of takes home mm -hmm. to his wife to, to act out his fantasy. Yeah, be silent. Of like, no, 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 shut yeah. up, shut up. And his perfect woman is one that doesn't speak, that doesn't talk to yeah. him, that doesn't, that does, can't contradict him, can't. And so what's interesting about the antagonist in Strickland, and this, I mean, we're, we don't, we're a half an hour commute-friendly podcast. Ben and I could talk about this film for the rest of the evening legitimately like legitimately we're struggling to have to like skip past the things that we found incredible in this film but the antagonist not being a maliciously evil man who enjoys evil he's just a man who has his idea his socially prescribed version of decency and masculinity and is trying his yeah. hardest to adhere to it even though he probably wouldn't be that much of a natural fit if we'd caught him 20 years earlier he's just smashed himself into the mold that society has given him and so seeing black people and giving them agency or disabled people or fish people is is insane to him you know you know and he the idea that you would give personhood to something so out there is is insane. Something so against yeah. everything you've had drummed into you for the last fucking since you have memories. And that's why I think this is this film doesn't explicitly say which minority because it's any minority. But I talking about the one that I think socially has caused the most recent ruckus with trans acceptance and trans rights. Um, mm -hmm. The idea in the fifties and the sixties of a trans person yeah. would have been as shocking as a fish person that whole okay. thing and so for me yeah. this is an lg you know lgbtqia f plus film what's the f? fish unbelievable you're saying he's <laughs> <laughs> and it's using the f to say <laughs> whatever may come in future <laughs> i Dude, we were on such a tone, right? And I was, I was really. This is like you know when you get, you, you get like a little stoner circle on the go, and everyone's yeah, yeah. like, "Yeah, man." If you really just sit and look at the stars, mm -hmm. like, and then you realise that you're seeing them as they were sixty-five million years, millions ago, yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Whoa! I was like that to your point, mm -hmm. and then you drop in the fucking yeah, dude. I'll agree with all of yeah, it, yeah. man. I agree I with all I of think it. Del Toro like, is impossible not he's to. using the, the Gill Man in this as a substitute mm. for the new minority that will come along and society won't have arranged itself to include. I have a different view on the Gill Man in this movie. You're saying he's a gay I, fish. I see, uh, you are 100% correct, by the way. There's no, mm. there's no wrong answers yeah, yeah. here because, again, this is such a fucking love letter to Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, it's insane. And the way yeah. that the Universal Monster movies play out, it is so endearingly, like, lovingly... It, it's fucking expressed directly towards them, right? Written in the same vein. You can apply it to literally anything, and you're correct. Mm -hmm. Anything that you're going through. You watch this fucking three weeks in a row on the same day every week, mm -hmm. and it'll mean something different to yep. you. Every single time. Gilman in this... I took for me personally as a as he's referred to as a godlike figure from the uh, Amazonian natives. Yep. They refer to him as a god. They give him offerings and stuff yep. like this. And towards the end of the movie, uh, Strickland thinks he's killed the, the Gilman. Yes, he does. But then Gilman obviously can fucking be resurrected mm -hmm. immediately and heal himself immediately, and then heal those around mm -hmm. 
and Strickland is like, oh my god, you were a god, you yeah, are yeah, a god, yeah. and it was it was that all seeing, all powerful being mm-hmm. that will see everyone for exactly what they are, right. warts and all, with zero judgment mm-hmm. and nothing but. I, to begin with, it's like a curious, curious, inquisitive mm-hmm. nature, but then it's it's just nothing but pure fucking unadulterated emotion. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah, totally. He goes, he goes from eating the fucking head of a cat, mm-hmm. and when he realizes that no, that's not a right thing to do because this he's is so upset, he runs away and has a cry. This, yeah, he's fucking heartbroken. Yeah, yeah. And then he, the next, like a few scenes later, he's sat and he's playing with the other cats. Yeah. to try and like rectify <laughs> the wrong, and it's just, I took it as like, mm. uh, as, as exactly what it is. Like he would be the godlike figure in this, mm-hmm. where it's it's man has put himself at the top of the food chain yep. and isn't comfortable. Yep with finally meeting the maker yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah I mean? totally. someone someone replacing us at the top of the food chain is like unsettling yeah to the best this is why people get shit scared about aliens and stuff like that you know what i mean it's it's the thought of like the next fucking the step reason up. being and i think it's an interesting thing when you see white supremacists complaining about mm. white people becoming the next minority and it's like oh so you agree that minorities have a bad time it's literally like saying like no 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 i don't think that they're minorities but i also don't want to be <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 there's nothing God. wrong with being a minority it's just oh uh, no yeah and i think we that- love everyone and accept <laughs> everyone don't fucking put me in that envelope. <laughs> exactly. All right. And that's the alien thing. Um, it's that thing of like, as the dominant yeah. species, we've been cunts. And so if there's one above us, it's going to treat us like we treat the ones below us, right? See what I'm saying? Yeah, though. totally. So now Gilman is, is like a fucking visual representation for racism. Mm-hmm. And you can work it to classism that all the fucking Strickland refers to the, the cleaners mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the piss wipers are the people who clean up the shit. A hundred percent. I think it's just, it's a thing where there is a system in place. The, the mm. clocking in is not inherently evil, but the yeah, slavish adherence to it. Fucking... Yeah, the slavish adherence to it by the second. Doesn't matter if you're here yeah. and queuing, you've got a clock in before that second hand reaches the 12. That okay. institutional apathy, that institutional lovelessness, that lack of empathy, mm-hmm. um, for the personhood of the other of 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 what's going on is what they're all yeah. fighting even strickland the antagonist is fighting that apathetic yeah. bureaucracy and yeah, everybody yeah. every single one of the characters that isn't in control is you know a black character a gay character a jewish character and i think that i've used lgbtqiaf plus as the the one because it's the most recent but yeah. but it does apply to racism, classism. It's about minority subcultures fight to be accepted as existing. Because thirty years yeah. ago, it's the thing you hear from from um, transphobes all the time. Well, there weren't there weren't any transsexuals twenty years ago. It's like the fucking were. You just didn't see yeah, them. And it's the same. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. There's a fantastic bit where the gay illustrator who um, our hero works with hands in his like fifth draft of this advert. And the guy's like, oh, now's not a good time for me to see you. And the, the gay guy turns around and goes, when will be a good time? When will there be a good time for you to see me? Hmm. And I think it's not about seeing my work. It's- seeing his artwork, sitting down and talking about his job. No, no. I think it's seeing him yeah. for who he yeah. is. When will you see me? When will society turn around and see that I'm here? The main, the main thing that I took away from this entire movie was... Fuck Del Toro. I love... Uh, no, Del Toro <laughs> he's too is... Good. He's the best demon that has ever existed. <laughs> because he, he simultaneously takes every idea yeah. 
and makes it magical, terrifying, yeah. beautiful, whimsical, nightmarish yep. adult version fairy tales <laughs> that all seem to miss and mash in a beautiful little fucking yep. dance that is so unsettling and so reassuring mm-hmm. at the same time. It makes me question myself, and then mm. I get into a whole like emotional thing where I don't fucking find it, I don't understand emotions. No, I don't. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I don't get any of that shit. So it's like I, I get caught up in these weird little loops of where I'm fucking weeping like a baby, but then I'm like, <laughs> you did a tap dance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. So my main takeaway from this was right is the comment on love and soulmates and the the transcendence of boundaries and any fucking borders that we have like let society put around us and we all just imagine these weird lines that divide everyone and keep everyone in their own little boxes that that like the love and the bond mm. that you can experience with a person will just transcend all of yeah. it yeah yeah and if you if you find that one person you truly see that one person it's not a case of accepting uh accepting flaws yeah. or seeing flaws and not minding them or anything like this it's embracing them as part of that person mm. like they're not a separate thing they're not a detriment mm-hmm. they just like my flaws are my flaws mm-hmm. right but they're just me yeah, yeah i can't do anything about yeah, yeah, them yeah. i just have to fucking accept them and live with them and the second that someone does that mm. and it's like this is the difference between strickland and gilman right and this is why eliza falls for gilman yep and not Strickland. Strickland fetishizes her and sees her flaws and or and thinks of himself as a good person, like a, a, a good Samaritan mm. for overlooking these yeah. flaws, right? Overlooking part of who she is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind you. I don't mind your your flaws. Mm. I don't mind that you're a mute. You know, mm. I mean that's that's fine. I'm kind of into it. So it's fetishized, it's objectified, it's, it's, not it's yeah. Objectified, there you go. Whereas Gilman is doesn't give a fuck <laughs> no, 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 no. about any of it. He doesn't see her as broken. He doesn't see her as anything other than the lady with the eggs and the tits and the bath wanks. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you've described every woman on the planet with eggs, tits, and bath wank, but, but yes. Gilman's just... This is, he's got a tiny... <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's fucking... That, that's, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. But, that he... That, that... <sighs> yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not accepting people in spite of their character it's accepting them because of their character exactly yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah all yeah. the weird ah! little quirkiness and the the whatever the fuck makes up that mm. person it's just seeing that person as that Oof. not a she's she's fine mm-hmm. but <laughs> which is yeah, where strictly yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. she's fine but she's immune mm-hmm. but i'm kind of into it gilman's just sort of like thank you for yeah. the eggs can I see them tits? As an, you know as what I mean? an example of how tightly written, this is like Edgar Wright levels of tightly written, but in a totally different way. Edgar Wright mm-hmm. focuses on instantaneous moments that all tie together like a big fucking web. Whereas Del Toro yeah. is like, it's like a fucking oak tree. It's all going in the same direction. It's not a, a scattered yeah. web. It's a big fucking monolith of we're all pushing towards the same point. Um, yeah. Strickland's hand at the start of this is bitten by Gilman and he needs to have his fingers reattached, right? And it's such yes. an obvious metaphor that his grip, it's its his ability, his grip strength, his grip on the situation is compromised by the arrival oh. of this new thing. 
and then throughout like this like loss of control the loss of from control like... from being confronted okay. with something which just absolutely does not fit with the worldview that he's had right. to crunch himself into and then as he becomes more and more consumed with this sort of hatred of this new subculture it begins to so rot and there... smell and the people around him start to be offended <coughs> by the rot that's growing on him and it's literally there's a point where he sat in his cadillac which is the sort of symbol the icon of the 50s man and the 50s society yeah. at its pinnacle it's the new it's car his most recent success it's his most yeah, recent success and it's been damaged as they escape with the creature and he's got his mm-hmm. two fingers that are just he's, he's literally losing his grip on the situation because he stands for what has been termed socially as decency and the idea of any love that falls outside of that circle of decency he can't get a grip on do you know what i love about that analogy (laughs) no him getting his fingers reattached is like his last ditch attempt to try and remain in control of whatever the fuck is happening around and then at the end of it and he rips the fingers off and just goes rips the fucking rotten fingers off because he's like fuck it i'm not getting control of this i'm in it (laughs) yeah yeah let's just fucking follow this fuck that's kind of good (laughs) man can i um can i that's really fucking can i blow your tiny little mind I mean that's offensive, but sure. I've got uh, I've got a theory. <laughs> so Eliza, okay, Eliza is yeah. a mute because she was found as a baby. She's an orphan. Yeah. She has a South American surname, Eliza Esposito. Okay. So she's come from yeah. a South American orphanage. She was found by okay. a river and has cuts on her neck, which are the reason that she is mute. Yeah. Now you. You might think, why is this woman falling in love with a fish man? Why is this fish man falling in love with a woman? The fish has healing power. The fish man has healing powers, right? So he he restores, when he cuts the gay man's arm, he restores it. When Eliza is in the water at the end, he places his hand over her neck. And rather than the scars going away, they open to reveal gills. I would argue all of the metaphorical stuff is still true and still holds true as an allegory. But I might argue that she was a fish person Ooh. all along. That she was found at the river as a mute baby in South America, so where he's from. Be, so, she, so he would be an evolutionary dead end mm-hmm. that has fallen for another evolutionary dead end, mm-hmm. which is... Again, one of the most endearing callbacks <laughs> to the nineteen forty one movie. Yep. Where he is an evolutionary yep. dead end. And they, they give um they give references to the lungfish mm-hmm. in the original of how that's a failed mm-hmm. attempt. It's one of nature's failed attempts to get yep. a, a aquatic life onto the land. And then they mention it in this one where he's like, Oh, we can switch his lungs over and they're like, Oh, like a lungfish. He's like, No, not like a lungfish. And there's a bit where she's they on the do. bus yeah, and yeah, it yeah. seems like a sort of magical moment where it's almost in her head where she's controlling the raindrops on the window no she this is what okay i wonder if she's a water okay. goddess all along she was orphaned from her original people oh fuck you man so oh. <laughs> <laughs> my final thought was gonna be mm-hmm. what if this is like the little mermaid told in reverse right right oh it's shit not- it's not she's given up she's she's given up her voice mm-hmm. for legs. Mm-hmm. She 
doesn't have a voice mm. and then at the end of it she realizes that she's been the goddess all along and gains the ability to like live mm. underwater with her prince charming yeah. who has been gilman yeah the yeah, time, yeah right but the bit with the bus mm. and you're like this is why i love you <laughs> so fucking much because i was like so these guys mm. gilman and eliza have shared a moment yeah, yeah. and now all of a sudden she can control droplets on yep. the side of, on the outside of a window of a moving bus yeah. Seemingly just by touch, yeah, yeah. right? And it's played as a sort of like, magical realism. It's how she feels, not what's actually happening. But maybe there it is. is. There's also a moment when she's flooded her bathroom mm. into a literal water room. Yep. And she takes a last breath and she goes into the water, mm-hmm. right? And there is not a moment of panic. Nope. There is not a moment of anything. It is just pure reassurance from Gilman. My thing was, is that when she was fucking him, he was like maybe not passing power on but almost like awakening mm-hmm. something inside of her yep. like and it was it was something that had been lying dormant mm-hmm. so you bringing up you bringing up that she's been a goddess mm-hmm. this entire fucking time is beautiful this is why we're friends. and i think i think to go back to the allegory and the you guys read too much into sure. films i think it's mm-hmm. about her coming out of the closet her getting gills at the end is and again, I'm I'm using LGBTQIAF plus as the most recent sure. metaphor, <laughs> but 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 her getting gills at the end is her seeing herself mm-hmm. as part of this new subculture as well. Whereas previously, she was I have fallen in love with a black man in the 1960s, and I recognise their personhood, and I'm fighting for their rights even though I'm white. Or I've right. fallen in love with this gay person surrounded by homophobes and I'm fighting for their rights. I think her realizing that she's been a goddess all along is her coming to a place of self-acceptance that she is what Gilman is. That they are the same. I love that. I love that. If you've not seen Shape of Water... <laughs> by the way, if, you what, sorry? if you've not seen Shape of Water and you're still listening to this podcast, you're a fucking dickhead. <laughs> you are an idiot. Because this entire movie has just been ruined for you. I, I guess not, no. though, to be fair. We've kept it... We've kept it I mean, the it's made no, there, it's made like, no sense if do, you've not seen it. So you, eat shit. Yeah, you're going to go and watch this movie now and then be like, you're just going to have the ramblings of two fucking <laughs> nubbeds. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in two dark rooms <laughs> waffling shit about wh- how much they read into <laughs> yeah. a fish man fucking a woman and bath wanking mm-hmm. dude I mean I'm gonna tell you right now right this is the text message <laughs> that I sent Rob <laughs> immediately after finishing this movie I put fuck me Rob I thought I was gonna watch Gilman and see some sexy ankles mm-hmm. not bath wanking and life lessons <laughs> and then I sat there for about 35 minutes reassessing my entire life <gasps> Do you want to do you want to hear my final thoughts on this? Movie? I do, and I I will genuinely I'll die on this hill. Right? right, Guillermo del Toro is one of the only people on the planet mm-hmm. that can have a mute character. Yeah, be have the loudest message. It's insane. Her, it's, there is not a word spoken Mm-mm. from Eliza, nope. but her actions speak louder than any any, yeah. any fucking part of this script yeah. and it is just the most beautiful mm. well developed fucking fleshed out it's just it's the perfect character writing yeah. and it's forever i'm i'm stubborn as fuck mm. when it comes to actions over words yeah, yeah. like ask anyone that i know and i'm stubborn as fuck about yeah, yeah. it this movie 
it's just reaffirming <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that actions speak louder yeah, than words. 100%. And then whenever whenever anyone's like, you're too stubborn about this, man. It doesn't always be like this. I'm just going to go, <clears throat> Guillermo del Toro says, shape yeah, yeah. water, watch it. Speak to me in two yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. Love you. Especially, especially <laughs> when you've got an actor as godly as Michael Shannon playing Strickland, who is just a fucking hand grenade with the pin pulled for this entire film, shouting, screaming, Titan. doing everything. He is just wound up fucking he's like he's an absolute titan the only character who's louder than him is definitely louder than him and it's eliza Mm -hmm. the mute she's incredible sally hawkins is incredible and everybody that worked on this film it can Mm -hmm. stop making films because they've completed them can you imagine being the creature designer for this version of gilman (laughs) what do you do next No, you can't. you can't. This is this is you spend thirty years working on Mad God Two. <laughs> That's what you do. Madder God. Yeah, Madder God. <laughs> this time it's personal. <laughs> Sad devil. <laughs> it's just that man. There's no. I mean, you got Phil Tippett who was like mm-hmm. fucking king of what Star Wars, Jurassic Park, everything Ready, that you yeah, know and love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything from your childhood that you know and love. Looks like a dickhead after this film. <laughs> after this film, he looks like a man. Man's yeah. a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Mad God in the bin. In the bin, mate. Guillermo del Toro's Gilman. Put it in the sea. Let Gilman fucking eat it. <laughs> have you sprinkle uh, an egg on it in the bin? Have you ever seen a mermaid? <laughs> no, I have seen a mermaid. Don't a do real this, life mermaid. Is, stop it. I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not entertaining this. I know. I, I'm waiting for the punchline. I'm not gonna. I'm not. There's no up. punchline. I went to a museum where I saw an 18th century sideshow attraction, which was a mermaid that they used to charge money to get people to do. And earlier on, the guy's like, "I've seen a mermaid. It was a monkey stitched to a fish." I've yeah. seen that. I've seen a monkey Are stitched to serious? a fish. Yeah, yeah. It's a mummified Dude. monkey stitched to a fish tail in uh, a museum in um, uh, East London. So it's cocktail bar and museum. They've got like um, they've got a gold-plated hippopotamus skull that used to belong to Pablo Escobar and mermaids. And That's like... fucking dope, yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. So I've seen I've yeah, seen a mermaid. And what you uh, how medically possible is this film, Ben? Hundred percent. This is a hundred percent medical. Okay, yeah, he's a god. Man's yeah, a god. Yeah, yeah, yeah he fucking he makes his own rules. Yeah, well, you try and fight him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to fight him. He's part of the LGBTQI play- IF community. I'd be done for discrimination. Strickland wasn't. I mean, he, <laughs> he was murdered. Was murdered but... And he was a. He was. A, but that's what I'm saying. Though. He was a little bit. You try and fight Gilman, get murdered. <laughs> medically possible. You tell Gilman that he's not medically possible. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> My boy's a fish. Yeah, fighting man's get dipped, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are you rating out of 10, Ben? 10. Fat 10. 100%. Fat 10. All day. Fat 10. This is, it's not a remake. No. But if it was a remake, it's the best one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, ended, we've ended this on peak. This is a, this is, yeah, get- I, I would argue that this is better than a lot of the Universal Originals we watched, with the exception of Dracula and Creature from the Black Lagoon. All right. Hear me out now. Hear me now. Frankenstein. Yeah. Craving that parental love. Uh, that's a you thing, not a me thing. Everyone treating it, their, this creation like it's nothing mm-hmm. when it's literally everything to that creation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fuck that's you, a man. you that, thing. That, that makes me well <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just thinking of Frankenstein like that, yep. being like, what, everyone's more interested in a fucking wedding? Yeah. 
than my entire existence. <laughs> That's sad as fuck, man. Frankenstein's so, up someone's there. Someone's been a stepchild. Frankenstein's the best one by far. <laughs> Fine. Not by far. It's Frankenstein, Creature of the Black Lagoon. They're so close to each other. So where does Shape of Water Maybe. go compared to those originals? It's the best remake we've seen, that's for sure. It's up there with them. It's in a, yeah, okay. You know, fine, fine. They, they have a book club. Well, we, uh, we've rounded out this series now, Ben. What can the good listeners look this forward to? Because I can't right, lie. I'm, actually, I'm dressed for this occasion. You are. Double double episodes this month this has, has murdered me. But Ben is showing all of you on an audio-only platform. Yeah, look. His movies t-shirt, because we're finally ending the Kevin Smith Viewersk Universe series. I'm going to correct you. And we are going to we are going to finish. We're going to round out the Viewersk Universe with possibly the most recently released film we've ever covered on this podcast, Clerks Three. It is. Yeah, it is the most recent released one, and it is going to be fucking Clerks Three, dude. I am too excited to watch this. I've been asking you to watch this since it came out. Still like, haven't. I walked out of the cinema screen yeah. and was texting you. Yeah. That's how fucking bad... It was that's came, how codependent I am. It came close to cyber-stalking. issue I need to look at. What <laughs> it was came that? close to cyber-stalking. Rub, rub, yeah. rub, 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 watch Clack Street. Yeah, rub, if you don't answer rub. me immediately, I'm, I'll just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, until you answer me, and then once I'm satisfied and we're answered, yeah. then yeah, I'll leave you be. <laughs> if you're asleep... I will just phone. You sound like a fantastic <laughs> lover. Thanks, man. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. Oh, what? <laughs> so on Sunday, we're going to be doing Clerks 3. Ooh. Join us for that one as we round out the viewers universe. Not the Kevin Smith movies because we've still got a few to do. Red State. We've still got Yoga Hoses. We've still got Zack and Mary. I think we've still got Jersey Girl. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to all of them. I'm not looking Palette forward to any of them except for Red State. You don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then we've got big plans for after that. But thank you so much for joining us. We love each- We love and appreciate each and every one of you. Yeah, most of you. From the tips of our toes to the tips of our nips. Nothing but love. I mean, what about above and the nips? The- That's all brain power. That's all thinking juice. <clears throat> That's where... That's where thoughts go to live. It's... That's uh, that's the most insightful thing I've heard all year, Ben. <laughs> Above the nips, that's brain juice, that's thinking power. It's where thoughts go to live. And with that, dear listener, consume. Consume. Hey, love you, bye. Bye. Hello, everyone. So, Shape of Water, pretty fucking good. The may- Another take that we didn't really get into in the episode is the fact that this woman, Eliza was working in this facility and she had a friend who she worked with and she is just openly talking to her friend about how she is fucking this escaped fish man like details of how his penis works, where it's hidden you know what I mean and she doesn't even bat an eyelid It's over some, like, playful music. Everything seems super normal. I think what we can all learn from this is go and find yourself a friend that would be completely understanding of you fucking a fish, man. You know what I mean? I think it's a trait that we overlook these days. Anyway, I'm going to go and watch Motel Hell. Thank you, Ashley, for the recommendation. Um, I will 
message clink shortly and let you know how it is. Okay, love you, bye.